Welcome to the Fix Your Sciatica podcast, where we meet with experts and clients and discuss how to manage your sciatica and low back pain without the use of medications or surgery. I'm your host, Dr. Ashley Mack, and I'm a physical therapist as well as the founder of iFixYourSciatica.com, a go-to resource for pain management. Oftentimes, people have challenges trying to start off with a program, whether it be working with me or, or working with another practitioner and pushing it back because they are going to go through some travels. And the travels means that they're going to be leaving their home base and it can be really challenging trying to stick with a program or even start a program. Today's guests are two folks who I highly respect and I'm a huge fan of, and they live the nomadic lifestyle. And I thought that they would be a great couple um, to talk about when it comes to traveling and not being close to a home base in which you are well established. So on today's podcast, I have both Trey and Ashley Hall, um, two amazing uh, fitness professionals who live the nomadic lifestyle. And we're going to talk all about how to stay well and healthy, even when you're dealing with pain when you're out on the road. So Ashley and Trey, it's so good seeing you. How are you doing today? Great. So good. So Thank good you. to see you, man. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for having us on, Ashley. Oh my gosh. I... That, I mean, the pleasure is all mine. I mean, I respect everything that you've done, even when the first time we met, but being able to go out on the road and travel uh, the, the country and even the world, I mean, that's something that is something that people dream of. And you two are living that dream this starting this year. So congratulations on all of that. Um, for the listeners who haven't heard of you yet, um, tell us a little bit about yourselves and what kind of led you to this point. Yeah, so we opened our gym. We had a physical location that we opened in 2016, and we loved it. Um, that was the dream at the time, and uh, we owned it for a few years, and then COVID happened. We had to shut down. Uh, during the seven weeks that we were closed, we had to go remote, uh, so we were able to retain about 94% of our clientele by shifting to an online coaching model. And uh, we realized that we love that so much more than owning a physical location. Um, I think not only just for us, but also for the clients that we had at the time too, it was nice to be able to have your own schedule and be able to move wherever you were versus having to spend the time to commuting to the, uh, the location that you needed to go to for your sessions. Uh, and then also it just like for us, it made us go outside more. So that's, where kind of the more of the nomad life uh, came in that we wanted to explore this beautiful world we live in. Um, so, and we were kind of inspired at that same time to start looking into like the nomadic lifestyle because her sister, Ashley's sister, had just moved into an RV to travel around uh, the country for her husband's job. That her and her family, her three young kids, they're all in her four at the time. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> moved into a 32 foot travel trailer and um, traveled up to Idaho and Texas and a few other places. And um, we hadn't ever really considered that as a possibility before that point. Uh, and seeing that, we realized that we could do these two things that we really enjoyed: traveling and training people remotely. Uh, and so that kind of kind of started everything. For us, uh, we started working towards selling our gym, getting processes together for that. And in January 2022, um, we actually finally sold our gym. So we've been living on the road uh, kind of part-time since then. About about half the year we've spent on the road. Um, and the rest of the time we've been still living in the RV, but closer to home. That's so cool. Um, sorry, go ahead, Ashley. No, that's. I just wanted to say we wrapped that up but. <laughs> <laughs> i love it it's so great it's it's so cool and um i think especially nowadays when the world is opening up or the world is open and like businesses are open you can go to brick and mortar gyms i look and reflect on like what did i like what did i take away from say like working out in my own home or like taking care of myself on my own time and one of the coolest things that I loved when, especially if I'm working with someone online, um, is the fact that I didn't necessarily need to be in a specific location at a specific time. So being able to offer that flexibility, which you couldn't necessarily afford to do 
back before all this stuff had evolved because it was like, you know, that if you're going to go to the gym, you're going to go to the gym at a specific time, you're going to work out, you're going to go home. And the same thing when you're working with a physical therapist or a healthcare practitioner, you're like, you know, that you have a designated time, you have to go, you have to wait for your practitioner, and then you get treatment, and then you drive home and whether or not, regardless of how long that drive is. And so that ability to have in a, in a way that nomadic lifestyle or like work with someone online like you two um, and like us, you have that convenience to be able to do it in the comfort of your own home or wherever you're located. And you don't have to necessarily worry about having a long commute. Um, in some cases, um, you might not necessarily be in the mood to talk to a whole bunch of people. And so being able to like do it on your own time uh, in your own environment um, is really key. So I really respect that. And I love the fact that you too have been able to jump on that and capitalize on how you can help people. And so this nomadic lifestyle, um, I think a lot of people think, uh, all right, you got to, you got to, be consistently traveling all the time, but you said you've been doing it part-time and a lot of people might have the sentiment, well, I, I want to be able to have my own base, but I just travel a lot. And so people see this as a huge obstacle from being able to commit themselves to some sort of routine or even some sort of uh, person who's going to guide them, a coach such as yourself. Um, and the, the truth is that's a big myth. And from your end with the clients that you work with, um, why do you think this is a myth? Why do you think the myth of the fact that like, if you don't have a nest, like a specific home base that you can't commit to something, why do you think that exists? Uh, I think it's one of those things that we have a hard time kind of accepting that enough is enough that a lot of times it's that we think that we have to do the perfect thing in order for us to see progress, to, to see progress. And uh, I run into that a lot with people is that they don't really consider the other possibilities that are, that there are out there whenever we start talking about fitness and nutrition and starting to maybe work some things into their mm -hmm. lives that they only see the very best thing that they could do and see where they currently are and don't see any way to get to that point. Yeah. And I think that there's also just a majority of the, the conversation is around physical locations as well, um, just because it, it is very close to us, right? Like that's proximity factor um but online can be even closer because it's it's right there uh, where you need it so I, I think it's just hard to kind of draw that line that connection between those two things um so yeah i mean for example we've got 250 square feet total that's that's all the, the space that we have to live in uh our area that we have to exercise in is only like 30 square feet so if we're not able to get outside for some reason, uh, and there's been lots of days that we've not been able to get outdoors because of windstorms or rainstorms or, you know, whatever, um, that that was our workout space. And uh, it's not necessarily ideal, but it works. And we're still able to get strong or at least retain our strength and get fitter using the space that we have. Um, Absolutely. I think... Part of it is also that uh, it's not as easy that, um, that you definitely have to be deliberate about making a choice whenever things are not as uh, you don't have the, the same number of options or equipment or, you know, the, the same people around you that it's then all on you to make those the decision to do that. Unless you have someone who's like calling you and saying like, hey, you need to get up and do this workout right now. Um uh, <laughs> But uh, it, it, it definitely takes a lot more um, effort on an individual on, on an individual's part sometimes. Um, but even then, that can still be freeing because now it's like, what's stopping me from getting this done? Um, that my workout space is three feet away. Like if I really need to, I can stop during the middle of the workday and do a few squats or do a couple sets of uh, floor press or something. Like it doesn't have to be complicated to be effective. Um, yeah, I, th I think that's kind of my thoughts on it. <laughs> that's Those are the same thoughts I have. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to take a quick break to tell you about our awesome new program called the Sciatica Protocol. If you don't have the time to see a professional, but are tired of trying to figure out this recovery on your own, then the sciatica protocol is for you. 
Harness the power of a knowledgeable physical therapist through your phone. It takes no more than seven minutes per day, and it is designed to help you recover as quickly as possible. It is simple to start, and all you need to do is log into ifixyoursciatica.com forward slash the dash sciatica dash protocol and fill out the nine question quiz to begin. The link for the program is in today's show notes. If, um, if you didn't know, listeners, um, you got, you're a couple, you're married, right? So it's yeah. like you two share a very similar vibe and I feel it even just talking with you two right now. And it's fantastic. So I just had to say that up. Um, but I do have to say like, uh, what you two, um, the first point that you talked about was about this like concept of like perfection and, and progress. And I wrote in my notes, I was like, perfection does not necessarily equal, does, doesn't equal progress. And I think what's challenging is the fact that when us as humans, um, for the majority of us, we love to operate under the best conditions. And so oftentimes the best conditions means that we have the time, we have the energy, and then we also have the willpower to be able to go to a facility. And when you are going to a facility, the conditions need to be perfect. Like the moment that a disruption happens in your life, it's just another obstacle preventing you from going to that specific location. And what's really cool about, say, if you are traveling or um, if you are traveling and you're working with someone who's online, like Trey and Ashley uh, and even myself, working on the online capacity actually removes a lot of those rooms for error and those conditions where it doesn't mean perfect and which means that we can still continue to progress and i think when it comes to the concept of wellness fitness or even pain management the human mind and we'll just say like the american society's mind it's like you're either fit or you're not but fitness and wellness and even pain management is a, is a, it's a spectrum being able to sit and all we're trying to do is get better one step at a time. And if you're listening right now and you're in an active state of pain, if you're an eight out of 10 pain, yes, it would be so amazing for your pain to go down to a zero in the blink of an eye. But in most cases, you're going to do a stretch and you're going to reevaluate. If it makes you feel better, it might bring you down to a six. And although it's not bringing you down to zero, you are making some progress. And the cool thing is that you can do it in the comfort of your own home. And the same thing when it comes to the, the fitness and wellness standpoint. Um, another big thing that I think that a lot of people overlook is this concept of when you're doing this stuff, like you're you're the person, the, the person who's exercising, the person who's moving, the person who's on the receiving end of Trey and Ashley's uh, services or even mine, like you have to put the work in to get the results. And it's really on you. And in some cases, when I get people to a certain point, and I don't know if you experienced this, you too, but there's some cases where I make people feel so great. And then I'll just say, they're like, Ashley, thank you so much for your help. And I'll just tell them, I'm just a glorified cheerleader. Uh, and so much respect to cheerleaders, because I think they they do a great job. But I think in essence, um, yeah, it's it's like when whenever we're trying to improve someone's lives, they have to do some of the work on their own, if not all of the work on their own. And we're there to just guide them. So, so, so much respect on that. Oh, hundred uh, percent. It's kind of like a Donald Miller story brand, how he says that, you know, we're the guide, you're the hero. Like right. that's, that's kind of the entire thing here is that we're trying to help people see that they are strong enough. They are capable. They already have all the tools that they really need. It's just helping. It's just us helping them see that and just help them see kind of the possibilities there. So that's, that's kind of, yeah, that's hundred percent how I see it, man. And I think based on your social media, are you guys star Wars fans? Is that what I saw or maybe, or am I really? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, you are so okay. much. So. Yeah. <laughs> right. We're the, we're the Obi-Wan Kenobis. We're the, we're the gods being able to say like, you got to take this next step. Like only you can take it, which is huge. And so exactly. You know, if we're talking about living the nomadic lifestyle or just being outside of your home base, what would you say are some of your go-to strategies to just make things a lot easier to just do something, whether it be like, you know, doing their exercises, doing their stretches. And for you two, like your space, as you said, it's like a 30 foot square space. You can have, it's right there, right? So if we don't necessarily have to make that drive, but there's still a lot of obstacles in our way. So how do you two make it easy for yourselves to keep up with the program? Well, 
I know one thing is having a plan. So a, a strategy, whether that's for us, you know, um, when we're on the road, if we have something that we already have written up, ready to go, uh, that just removes that barrier of us having to try to figure it out in the moment. Um, and that's the same thing with, you know, hiring someone like you as well, like having something that's already there, ready to go. Um, and now there are some other people that are nomads that are able to put themselves closer to fitness facilities that have uh, like structured classes. Maybe that's a way that you go about doing it. But for, for people like us, we can't. Uh, that that's we don't have as much of that luxury. So having a plan that's written and ready to go definitely removes that barrier. Yeah, there was a good six weeks straight that we were traveling around that we were anywhere close to a 24-hour gym or anything that had classes at all. So anything that we were going to do, we, we had to do in place. Yes. Um, things that we do whenever we first get somewhere is that we like we want to get out and kind of like survey what's around us. Ashley is like the planner. And so whenever she's like booking somewhere, she's already often like looking what's nearby, if there's any trails or what access we have, if maybe there would be sometimes the the uh, facilities might have like an actual like small gym there. Typically, it's just going to be like really cheap cardio equipment. It hasn't been maintained in 10 years, but you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, but anyway, she'll scout around some kind of what's around. And then once we actually get there, We'll take a walk around the the campground and, you know, uh, maybe down the road a little bit, kind of just get our bearings, kind of see what opportunities are around. Uh, we've used a lot of playgrounds, uh, monkey bars and, and things like that to do pull-ups and rows, uh, swing sets even, where we'll do uh, pull-ups and rows off of swing sets and use that for some variation. So that's also part of it is finding opportunities that already exist rather than trying to uh, just see what you have like currently available to you and get going from there. Um, Another thing that we've talked about is like establishing your minimum. What is the minimum that you are going to do day to day that you could maintain? So for us, that's just going, going for a walk in the yeah. middle of our day. Uh, that may not look like actually doing our, our planned program, but typically us doing that minimum actually makes us want to do the plan uh, that we have already. So just having something that you know you're going to be able to do um, that gets you moving. Typically, that movement is what makes us ready for that next but phase. You had mentioned that you see fitness as kind of like on a spectrum that, you know, there's like or, or pain, you know, even as on the spectrum that there's zero to ten or whatever. Uh, I like to see it as like on a dial, you turn that dial up or down and that can be dynamic. You know, it's based on what is available to you day to day. And I kind of see as like five, the middle section on that dial as being what you think you can maintain with just a little bit of effort. Right. And then you can turn that down if it's just like, I really don't even have that much available today. And then one would be like the very least that you could do. And, you know, for like nutrition, that might be literally just drinking water. <laughs> making sure you drink some water that day uh, for exercise. It might be um, going for a walk, but you know, some depending on where you are, maybe that needs to change to something that's more like, I'm just going to make sure I get five minutes of deliberate movement today, whether that's stretching or I'm going to do some squats and some lunges, something like that. It doesn't have to be dramatic to be effective. Uh, if it's consistent, that's where the magic is. And I think our last like main strategy is just knowing why we want to do something um, that if you can stay connected to that, and that's going to be your motivator, you know, like what, what's the reasoning? Um, what, how is this going to make your life better by doing it? And so, how does it affect you when you do it? Yeah. Like what feelings do you get from doing this thing? Not just like, in 10 years, if I keep doing this thing, like my cholesterol is going to be lower. I'm going to avoid heart disease. I'm going to avoid diabetes. It's like, that's, you don't see those things as happening to yourself. That's happening to someone else that you don't even know. He doesn't even matter. Like you, you got to put it in terms that makes sense to you right now or in the next 10 minutes. Uh, otherwise, most of us aren't wired to think that long term. Wow. So we have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, six key points, which I think are really important, super impactful. Um, I want to take a step back and talk about planning. I think 
everyone hears, oh, you got to plan. Planning is so important. And so uh, this is when it comes to formulating a plan, uh, how how do you formulate a plan for for yourself? Or like how should someone try to formulate a plan to like solve something? So Ashley is the big planner. <laughs> Ashley, what do you what do you look for? I myself, um, whenever I'm planning, I try to look for things that match the level of energy that I have. Um, that that's typically going to be a plan that I'm gonna follow. And then whenever I go to planning like the implementation, it's also around things that uh, typically I'm already doing. So trying to attach that activity to a habit that I already do um, makes planning so much easier. And so I think those are like the two main things. It's like, is it a plan? Um, is the plan that I'm choosing going to be something I'm going to do? And then how do I implement that plan? It's by finding a habit that I'm already doing. Yeah. So you're using something as a trigger. Um, that often works really, really well for us. Um, for whenever I'm like coming up with workouts or whatever, I'm talking with someone about exercise and, you know, being consistent with that. And they ask like, what are the things that I need to be doing? It's like, it doesn't have to be all that complicated. Um, I'm going to list off a few things and maybe that sounds complicated, but it, it's really fairly basic. It's like, as long as you're doing some of the basic movements, you're squatting, you're doing some push and pulls, you're moving your own body through space. Uh, so whether that's a loaded carry or you're running or walking uh, and you're doing something at high intensity for a short amount of time and also doing some really low intensity for a longer time, you're going to be pretty fit overall. And, uh, you know, that's sometimes pretty hard for people to understand that it doesn't have to be uh, the most complex thing in the world in order to be effective. And the same way it goes, you know, same thing for any of the other plans that you might come up with. Yeah, I think uh, complexity, complexity is cool because it's nice and shiny. Um, but I think, uh, well, it's interesting. It's kind of like, um, what we find is like the most like stable structures are like the most simple, um, because the more variables, the more complex, the shinier we try to make it, the more opportunities it can, uh, the more opportunities there are for it to break and for it to fail. And so I love the fact that you're saying it doesn't have to be complex. It could be simple. And I think what a lot of people see is that simplicity is kind of like, they, they perceive it as not valuable and not effective, but that's kind of like the exact thing. You look at all of the, the masters out there, any master in their craft, what you're going to notice is that they do these simple things like really well. And in the CrossFit world, they called it virtuosity, right? Virtuosity, right. doing the common things uncommonly well, because you don't always necessarily need to do all the crazy things. And um, when I hear the word planning, not only are we looking at trying to simplify and how we can integrate it, but also um, for your listeners, I'm a huge fan of being able to set the intention and the goal of what you're trying to accomplish. Um, because if you don't necessarily have a direction of what you're trying to get done, then you can be doing all these different things, but we won't necessarily be able to figure out whether or not those interventions or exercises or anything that you're doing is truly helping. Um, and so... Um, and it's really hard to actually come up with a plan by yourself, which is why we have coaches, which is why we have professionals out there to be able to say, here's a third party perspective, because when we're trying to create things for ourselves, we have our own emotions, we have our own biases, we have our own beliefs that will actually limit our ability to be able to create a good structured plan. And um, Trey and Ashley are doing a fantastic job being able to say, if you simplify it, it's going to be a lot easier to implement. And especially being able to put that into your uh, day. And actually, I love the fact that I think you said trying to find opportunities to be able to weave that in versus um, knocking out things out of your regular day to just like put this in. And the reality is that we all have 24 hours in the day. And for me, if I'm telling someone to go who's going through a, a like a pain movement program, it's like to give them four hours of exercise a day. That's just really unrealistic, right? And so being able to do it and fit into your day as much as possible. So um, I think it's really beneficial. And I'm so thank you. Thank you for sharing that. 
And so let's talk about um, a big part of the, the nomadic lifestyle. It's like being out on the road. So uh, would it be safe to assume that you two spend a fair amount of time driving? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we drove <laughs> all the way out to, well, the first the first three months that we did out, uh, we went all the way out to Arizona, uh, Zion area, actually, and then we drove all the way back. So and, and was, all of that towing. And that was from Missouri. So yes. yeah, something like 17, 1800 miles wow. one way. Yeah. So the the things that we do about towing days, though, is that we, we really try to limit it as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So we... I tow. A- Ashley is my support team whenever I'm towing. Uh, I'm the cheerleader in the she passenger is. seat. She is. <laughs> uh, that there, there's only so much capacity I have to um, to continue to be an alert and responsible driver. That makes me sound like a really terrible driver, but it's like <laughs> you know you, you have you have a limit. Uh, <laughs> but. I uh, try to keep my drive days to about three to four hours. My tow days to about three to four hours. So, and then even then, we still like to take breaks because, like, I mean, you're going to mention that you're sitting for a very long time, um, and that's that's probably typically how long we like to sit and work too. That every two to three hours, we like to make sure we get up and we go move. Um, even sometimes more than that, but definitely on drive days, we stop at least one to two times to get up. Just go walk. Um, yeah. Yeah. Get moving again. Uh, yes. it, it's really not so much that positions themselves are bad for you. It's the time that you spend in them. Uh, and then what, how, you know, what you do to like break that up. And so our thing is that we try to get moving again. Uh, we go for short little walks whenever we stop. Um, and, then, and then once we stop for the day, whether we're at our campsite or if we're in a Walmart parking lot, we'll, get out and walk around once we're done setting up as much as we need to. Yeah. Get familiar with the area and just make sure that we're feeling good um, Mm -hmm. because setting up takes a lot out of you too. So it just helps. Like it it feels like you're giving back to yourself. um, Um, Whatever you do that. Yeah. Another thing that we try to make sure we do is we try to make sure we drink plenty of water on days that we're traveling. Uh, It might mean that you have to stop one more time, but in two or three hours, you know, probably isn't going to be that big of a deal. Uh, <laughs> but I find that I just feel much better if uh, I'm, I'm very deliberate about drinking at least, you know, one Yeti tumbler full of water on the, on the drive there or more, uh, and then continue to drink as, as we get the, as we get there. Um, we also try to make an effort to not just sit once we get wherever we're going that uh, Ashley mentioned that, yeah, we're getting up, we're walking around. But we also make an effort to not just get back to the RV and then just wait until the next day. I um, I appreciate the the first big thing, which was like get up and move often. Um, I know for myself and my wife, we're naturally fidgety people. Um, I myself more so than my wife, but I know that um, for me, it's like I'm sitting there twenty minutes. I'm really like, I'm ready to get up and jump out of my skin. And so, um, what about you guys? Are you the kind of people who it's like, okay, my body is like saying I need to get moving or are you someone where it's like your brain really needs to tell you to get up and move? What was, what's that like? I'd say I probably fidget more than Ashley does, uh, that sometimes I'll be like shaking my leg and she'll ask me to stop because it's shaking the RV. (laughs) Um, so I tend to fidget a lot more, but Ashley is very deliberate about getting up and doing stuff. If Ish. I'm not, then that's where that brain piece comes into play that I tend to work through um, that sensation. And so typically I do like to set an alarm that every 20 to 30 minutes I get up and I go do something. Um, and it doesn't have to be something crazy. Like sometimes no. it's literally getting up and washing some dishes or folding some laundry or something yeah but Uh, some type of movement so it's just something to break up the monotony seems to help her a lot i love the addition of the alarm i think it's really easy for us 
to override those signals that we get from our body to say move. Um, that's actually one of the, the many really cool things that separates us from the animals. But like one of the big things is that our, uh, our gray matter, our human brain can really bypass a lot of the signals that our brainstem and um, our, our brainstem and our midbrain to actually say like, get up and move. And the cool thing is that we are able to truly override those signals and that allows us to push human performance. It allows us to drive human innovation, but in some cases it leads us to the point where we can be stuck. And I know for me living a life of fitness, like if I go like, well, if I go two days of not like moving or exercising, like I'm pretty antsy, but there's a couple of times when I've gotten like pretty sick where I haven't really moved a lot. And then just trying to get moving, it's just so hard and so for you to be able to set that alarm clock is huge. I try to tell people that and they laugh at me because they're like, Ashley, I'm not going to do that. But I'm so glad that you do that, Ashley, because I can say I know someone who actually sets an alarm clock um, to, tell, to tell them to get up. And uh, I like lot- it to be fairly gentle okay. uh, when I do that. And typically I like I don't have the normal alarm clock that I use to like wake up in the morning um, that it's like just vibrate or like a nice, smooth sound. And I set it across the room. Because mm-hmm. if I have it right beside me, I will also find like if someone's tried it before, they might just easily hit that like snooze or go, you know, go through it. But if you set it across the room, you're already up. So you might as well go ahead and take that break. Um, so that helps too. That's a great idea. That's huge. Um, and what's really cool is that nowadays um, there's, there are some wearables out there that will actually uh, have a reminder. I know my wife actually wears an aura ring, which tracks her sleep and she'll actually get notifications on her phone being like, might be a great time to get up and walk around a little bit. So that's a, that's really cool. And I think Apple watch does that too. Um, yes. Let's talk about, let's talk about water. Um, you, you brought it like you're, you're drinking a Yeti, a Yeti tumbler, which um, I love my Yetis. Um, and so you're out on the road and I know that whenever I travel, it's always really interesting to try to find like the different water sources. And so um, I remember so Hoboken, New Jersey, which is where I lived um, before living out here in California, didn't have the best water, but New York City actually has fantastic water coming from the tap, uh, which came directly from the Catskills. It was consistently cold and it was awesome. And then when we got here to California, um, we, we're, we're kind of in a perpetual drought. So like water drinking is a little bit more challenging, but I'm also really focused on um, sustainability. So I'm not generating so much trash and luckily we have a water filter attached to our fridge. So I'm able to drink a lot of water that way. But um, for, for you guys, because you're out moving around, what are some of your go-to strategies on like staying hydrated and like putting decent liquid in your body? We do have a filter. So we've got a filter going into the RV and then we have uh, like a separate Brita filter. We just use a Brita. We don't need the Berkey or whatever. Uh, (laughs) So we have our Brita filter for our drinking water. And typically on travel days, we'll fill the Brita because we're not going to have water on board. uh, Typically, unless we we want to fill uh, our tanks that we have on here. And so that way we don't have to worry about the extra weight in the vehicle, but we still do have water on hand for the day as we're traveling. So that's typically our strategy because uh, we try not to have too much waste either. Yes. You're muted. Thanks. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> I, was, I get so excited and I forgot to unmute myself, but um, yeah, sustainability is huge. Um, especially like I didn't realize until I came out to California. Um, and uh, what's cool is we have a compost bin, a recycle bin and a garbage bin and it's uh, and it's great. Um, and so, all right. So water, huge. It's important to stay hydrated. Also, it's a great way you drink enough water. You get up every hour or so to go pee um, because it's like a good, normal uh, human process, which is which is really great. And so um, we we talked about uh, setting reminders, getting up and moving, um, staying hydrated. Um, let's talk about some some essentials um, that or things or or even just like general practices that you do that keep you healthy when you are having like those big travel days. So uh, we can talk about like equipment first. Cool. Um, so when we first like started planning this, we're like, yeah, we're going to get a short barbell and we're going to take plates with us everywhere. And yeah, no. it's, I don't know, it still seems like a cool idea, but the reality is that would have been a huge pain in the butt. Uh, <laughs> and we do have to watch weight um, for towing for those that know. 
I mean, we've got plenty of room in our payload for both the trailer and the truck, but it still would have been just one more thing that we would have had to worry about. So what we have is uh, adjustable dumbbells. That is the majority of what we use for, for resistance training. Uh, so we've got a couple of Bowflex um, adjustable dumbbells. They go from five pounds to 52 and a half pounds each. And that's enough to get a really good workout in for pretty much anything that, uh, yeah, you're limited on how heavy you can really go. But if you slow it down, if you do some pauses, if you just change up your stance, you'll still challenge yourself a lot. Uh, if we really want to add more resistance to it, we also have some of those big loop resistance bands that look like giant rubber bands. Uh, and so maybe we'll hold on to one of those as we're, uh, holding on the dumbbells as well so we'll just double up on on resistance there um sometimes we'll just use the resistance bands on their own just to have you know a, a little bit of a change of pace it's, it gives us some variety and uh, you know it's nice to keep things fun and interesting sometimes um we've got jump ropes and yoga mat and that's i think that's pretty much it for like actual equipment we have a pair of gymnastics rings but we can't really use them at the moment. We used to have a truck that had a rack on it. We just attached them, but we can do what, uh, what we need to with what we've got. But yeah. yes, having equipment uh, for variety is one way that like we use that to stay well. Um, I know we've already mentioned hydration, our efforts in there with um, food. We just on travel days, typically we try to make something for ourselves before we hit the road. Um, and then whenever we get there, we, go grocery shopping pretty much that same day that we get set up uh, so that we're ready and we have as, as much food as we can for like about a week is how much our small fridge can hold. Uh, and we, we like to plan that so that we're not going to be eating out a lot. One for just um, having more like a wide variety of nutrients that's available, but then also for expenses as well, just not eating out all the time. Um, and so, yeah, that's something that we typically try to focus on when we get set in is what's what does the food look like for the next week? Yeah. And even when I was younger, I installed furniture into college dorms. And I don't mean like I was helping kids move in. It was the colleges would hire us to unload 53 foot trailers full from floor to ceiling, front to back, full of furniture. And we'd unload two of those a day. Um that's not relevant to the rest of the story. <laughs> anyway, I spent a lot of time during those years uh, living out of hotel rooms because we had to travel wherever the schools were. Um, and even even then, even though I only had a, uh, a mini fridge and a small microwave, I'd still try to at least control some of the things I, I, I could eat, even though uh, pizza pockets and pizza rolls made up a large part of my diet. I'd still try to get fresh fruits and vegetables because... I just felt better whenever I included those in my diet, even if the rest of it didn't look quote unquote ideal. Um, and that's kind of like going back to what we were talking about earlier is that everything exists on a spectrum or on a dial. It's like, what are things that you can still control, you know, rather than going from your ideal, your per perfect uh, meal, your perfect day to you just screw it. I can't do anything. Right. So I'm just not even going to try. Um, I found that, by at least incorporating some of those things that uh, made me feel like that. I just overall felt better. And it seemed like, because it was a f very physical job, seemed like I was able to keep up a little bit better than some of the guys who, who didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and then besides like the equipment and the nutrition piece, um, just keeping this space tidy, since we are in such a small space, having that already ready to go for ourselves makes it so much easier when we're getting ready to do our sessions. Uh, or when we're getting ready to cook, <laughs> anything, um, just making sure that you are ready for that, um, whatever that task is going to be. It makes you feel so much better whenever your space is ready to go. It's huge. You don't want to see what my office looks like right now, um, especially <laughs> when it comes to tightness. But I 100% agree. I think it's huge, like especially being able to just like do whatever you can with what you have. Um, I think that's one of the most important parts. Um, I love adjustable dumbbells, anything adjustable definitely reduces a lot from a weight perspective. And, um, I, I, I live in a, in a house right now and we have our own garage. And so when we moved here, I was like, oh, it'd be great to have our own set of barbells and dumbbells and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, you know, it sounds cool. It's a lot. It's a lot. It takes up a fair amount of space. Um, and, and it's just a garage itself, but, um, 
One thing I, I'm also a huge fan of uh, whenever I travel is uh, carrying a, a lacrosse ball with me um, to do any sort of like soft tissue work. Um, I would usually recommend a foam roller, but the reality is that like I haven't found too many collapsible foam rollers and they do take up a fair amount of space. If you can take a lacrosse ball, that's great. And uh, I often tell people um, if they are foam rolling uh, and they happen to be a wine drinker, um, they can use their wine bottle actually as a, as a foam roller, which I think is a really cool strategy. Um, do people really listen to me when I say that? Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but, um, I think that's, uh, <laughs> I, I always thought it was a great idea. Yeah. We and do so, actually have a lacrosse yeah. ball and a foam roller. Um, so we did mention those things. We do have both of those, um, that we have a basket that I roll all of our extra uh, like blankets in and then just set the foam roller in there too. So, yeah. I love it. It's like a, it's like an art piece as well. And so, yes. um, <laughs> uh, actually Trey, you two brought up this concept of trying to understand, like when it comes to the concept of, of trying to either stick with the plan or start with the plan is trying to, um, establish your why, um, as to why you're doing these things, because it's really the why that is going to help us make the decisions. The reality is that as rational as we can be, as logical as we can be, the majority of our decisions are actually made on emotion. And so the reason as to why we do this. And so I, I want to ask you two a personal question. Like, why is it so important for you two to, to be healthy and moving around? I feel better overall when I do. Uh, that's probably one of like the biggest ones for me. Um, I One of the reasons why we're doing what we're doing now is that I just absolutely love being outdoors. Um, if you saw my skin complexion, you probably wouldn't guess that because I'm so pale. But uh, the sun doesn't like me. I like it. It's it's unfair, but it is what it is. <laughs> uh, I really enjoy being outdoors. And it's one of those things that growing up, we um, I'm from the Midwest and we pretty much only kind of stuck in the Midwest. And so I didn't get to experience uh, a, too much of variety in that. Um, but I always like really admired, like looking at the mountains and, you know, seeing pine trees and I don't know, cool stuff like that. And being able to do that now has been, um, just an absolute dream come true for me. Yeah. So obviously mine's along, along the same lines, um, that I want to stay active and mobile, to be able to seek and do the adventures that I'd like to do, uh, comfortably. And sometimes that doesn't mean like comfortably as in it's, it's not going to be hard at some points, but you won't um, die. Exactly. <laughs> um, but just that I will enjoy myself, uh, even if that's me pushing beyond my limits. And so, yeah, that's, that's really why we like to stay active and mobile. Yeah. So kind of along the same lines is like in, uh, Next year, I plan on hiking the Grand Canyon rim to rim to rim. So from South Rim to North Rim and then back again, it'll be something like 48 miles and 11,000 feet of elevation change. Um, it's going to be really, really, really hard because I'm going to try to do it in under a day. Uh, it's definitely something that you don't just get up and do one day. So that's also kind of like keeping me motivated to make sure that I do my endurance work and my cardio stuff because... Otherwise, that's the easiest thing to brush off. But uh, I'd like that to be an experience that I I love and enjoy and cherish and maybe want to repeat. And so that's why I'm I'm doing what I'm doing now. So you're staying healthy to do all the things, and I love that. Um, I didn't I didn't start liking the great outdoors until I moved out here to California. I, I was a, I was a very soft city boy, and now I love nature, and it's great. I'm very much in my element. Um, so when it comes to like being healthy and fit, um, Ashley, if uh, if you don't mind, um, you experienced a, a bout of some sciatica pain this this year, and you I had did. the opportunity to try out the the protocol. So I'd love to, if you're interested, be love to have you tell the audience, you know, what you went through and what the protocol was like for you. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to tell that story. So we. You, in the beginning of the year, we went out on our three month travels, and we are very, very active. Uh, and then we got back and we kind of settled in back home for a little bit. And I wasn't moving nearly as much. And I started to experience sciatic pain. Um, 
And we had relations with you, Ashley, and, and Trey had, I had talked to him about it uh, and voiced my uh, concerns about it as well, because I hadn't really experienced anything like it before. Um, and so he's like, hey, well, you should reach out to Ashley and, and start his uh, program. And so he went ahead and signed up for me, uh, which is also wonderful because I just removed that barrier as well. Um, so uh, what I really loved about the program getting into it is that it was very simple for me to sign up for it and to get that started um, because it, it you sent texts every day, which was wonderful as well, because I know what I should be doing. I was very familiar with the movements, but having someone to keep you accountable is, is what really helps you to, to push along because you're doing that consistently. Consistency is the key to progress. Um, even if it's just a little bit of something every day, even if I didn't get into the whole protocol, I did as much of it as I could. So, and after, I think it was just a couple weeks after I'd started it, I was already feeling back to, you know, 90% better. better. Yeah, exactly. So it was wonderful. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Trey, good work that I would have done the same thing for my wife. My wife was uh, experiencing some issues. I, I would, I would just be like, I'm just going to book it myself. So right on. And I love to hear that. And I love to hear success stories. And so thank you for, for giving a try and, and uh, sharing us with us, your experience. And so I mean, you two obviously know a lot about being healthy and fit and know how to tie in being healthy and fit and feeling good when out on the road. So when people have uh, overcome their battle with sciatica pain and they're like, yeah, I want to do all this traveling, but I don't want this pain to come back. So I got to get in touch with people like Trey and Ashley. Tell us a little bit more about um, about what you guys do, your company and, and how people can get in touch. Yeah, so we run uh, Trained for Adventure. Uh, we have a couple of different tracks within our company um, that we have kind of a like private club where people can sign up and they uh, have access to six workouts a week that have different tracks within that. So each day there are three options for that workout. Uh, one being if you have basically the equipment that we have. So it's uh, if you just have dumbbells and maybe a pull-up bar, maybe you don't. We give options for if you don't have that. And then another track that's for a gym option where you have all the equipment you might need. And then a base option is what we call it for people who are probably traveling or just simply don't have the equipment or the budget or who knows for, for any equipment yet. So uh, that one uses mostly body weight. And maybe like a loaded duffel bag or backpack or, you know, hiking bag. Um, so that's that's uh, kind of what we do within that. There's also a lot of resources built on uh, helping people understand and get, uh, get more uh, familiar with like concepts around like uh, good sleep and eating habits and stress management. It's not just about exercise that we really follow kind of like that sleep, eat, move, manage system that uh, Josh Martin developed for Two Brain Business. And uh, we find that it really uh, meshes well with what we're trying to get people to do is that um, it fitness is not just how you exercise. It's really how you live your life. And it's that those small habits that all work together and add up to kind of create, you know, the, the end product, your overall results there. So, yeah. so besides the private members club, we also, mm -hmm. for those that need a little bit more help or a little more guidance, or just um, would like someone to keep them accountable with their program, we have remote personal training as well that we offer. So those two options. Um, but our primary goal is to help people build the fitness and strength they need to confidently go out and do those adventures that they maybe are already doing and they'd like to elevate them or they want to pursue something new um, that maybe they just don't feel like they are capable of doing that. But we're here to show you that you absolutely are um, and that we are going to be your biggest cheerleaders behind going out and trying something new, whether that's you want to go try kayaking or hiking or your first 14er first or um, maybe it's also just something like you want to be able to keep up with your kids. Like that might just be your, your adventure, right? Or you want to take them out on smaller adventures. Um, so that's what we're here to do. Yeah. 
I love it. But you can, yeah. um, I didn't mention where you can find us. That would probably, yes. probably yes. help, right? Yes, you got to find Trey and Ashley. That's, <laughs> yeah, you got to go go search for a couple hours. No, you'll be able to find us easily. We're on Instagram. Um, At Train for Adventure. Yes, we and... do a lot on there. And then we also have our website as well, trainforadventure.com. Um, both of those, we put out free resources all the time within relation to movement, nutrition. Um, we also like to talk about the adventures that we've been on so we can prepare people for those if they'd like to do them. So we, this last year went to Zion. We did a lot of hikes there. If you guys would like to see some of those, uh, we went to Arizona, we did some of the Grand Canyon, we did, uh, Colorado. So there's, there's a whole bunch of different ones on did there. some sandboarding in Utah. That yeah. Oh yeah. We don't just do hiking. <laughs> uh, we, we both want to try and put ourselves out there into different adventurous sports. Uh, so you guys will see a lot of that. And just reviews of us, how we did it, and then like a reflection so that you don't have to go through maybe some of the obstacles that we did whenever we did it for the first time. So I love it. Um, listeners, my job and ifixersciatica.com's job is to get you out of pain so you can live the rest of your life. But the journey to your wellness does not end with me. It just begins and you can find and work with people like Trey and Ashley because they're the ones who are the best geared to help you expand and see the world beyond you. If I do my job correctly, you're going to be seeing these folks much sooner than you think. So Trey and Ashley, thank you so much for your time. It's so good seeing you both. Great seeing you, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you got some help from today's podcast. And for more info, check us out at ifixyoursciatica.com. Have a fantastic and pain-free day. No patient-therapist relationship is formed by listening to this podcast. We are not providing medical advice, and all information should be confirmed by a medical provider. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.